now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Diane, who saw beings and received downloads during her near-death experience, and today we're going to talk about it. Diane, thank you so much for joining us today, and welcome. Thank you. Well, if you don't mind, can we just start on the day that your NDE happened and go from there? The day that it started was um, I was in a really difficult situation in my life. I had a lot of things going on that were not working. Um, I was facing um, some uh, relationship challenges, uh, financial um, disaster that was uh, going to happen, and uh, my son's medical care was um, the point of my uh, greatest difficulty. He was very ill and having um, these undiagnosed seizures. I was having a difficult time um, getting staffing, and I was uh, sleep-deprived. I left my house at two in the morning to get sleep and driving. I drove to, we live in a really remote area, but I drove to this uh, trailhead to think, thinking that I was going to just sleep. And I just became overwhelmed with the weight of what I was carrying and um, knowing that my son was terminal. I... I just couldn't go on anymore. I decided I'm just going to go to sleep permanently. I had um, a a dose of painkillers that were um, lethal, a lethal dose with me because I had never taken them because I had been doing caregiving and uh, pain meds would mess up my um, sleep and my ability to focus. So I had these pain meds. I took them. Um, it was a cold night. So I had the window rolled down just a little bit. And so it dropped down to freezing. So I pretty much figured once I went to sleep, that that would be it. And in, in this state, um, I sat up and it was dark out. And it was a really strange feeling now I know it as an out-of-body experience, but at the time, um, it was the no no monkey mind. Like, your mind, my mind was totally clear. So I was in this remote area by myself in the woods, and I never thought about that. I just sat up and looked around and went back to sleep. And then the next time, same thing. I sat up. My vision was different, though. I was like, wow, this is really, like... Um, it was it was almost like I was looking through something, not through my eyes. I was looking through um, a maybe like with glasses, and um, again, not thinking about where I was or why I was there or what was going on, and just noting noticing it was light out. Um, the third time I woke up. Um, I had been poured back into my body and I took a breath and I was like back in my body. Um, 
and there was a being next to me who I couldn't see, but I felt their presence. And they said, call 911. And I was not in a, in a, in a, um, uh, a state where I could do or think that way. I was really confused. But this very assertive voice saying this, I got in the front seat of my car. I turned the car on. It was 414. I remember that in the morning. And so I called 911 and I could barely talk. And I knew I had aspirated because I could hear the fluid in my lungs. So I knew that that was pretty serious. So they came and got me. And when I was at the hospital, I kept coming in and out of my body. So the nurse was examining me and she like took my head and put her hand and I was standing a little farther back from my body. And I was, I could think clearly and see my body and was thinking she doesn't know she can't hear you because of the drugs because the drugs are still affecting me. But I was clearly standing beside my body, witnessing all this and but I, I would be in the body and out of the body. And that happened for a while the whole first day. And then I started to remember my NDE part. And um, so I was admitted to the hospital. And um, I remember being in the void, in the blackness. And it was total peace. I had no fear. Totally it was very clear. Um, healing energy um, that unconditional love people talk about um, all that was there and gradually I felt the light lifting around me and it, it kind of seemed like a room but then it expanded into I was in the stars and I didn't have a body and I could see these stars all around me and I could feel the presence of two beings beside me, but I couldn't see them. It was a knowing. So I wasn't alone. I wasn't afraid. Um, it was, it was totally peaceful. It seemed totally normal. <laughs> I didn't question it. Um, but so I'm looking out over these stars and I, I see these spheres and I can't remember if there there were between nine and twelve. I I'm thinking there might have been ten because I've gotten information after that about the um, the cabal Kabbalah um, and those nine uh, ten spheres. So it seems to correlate to that. Even I'm not Jewish, but that a very deep history of of that number. Um, so these spheres were. Uh, in the distance and they were coming closer or I was coming closer to them, I'm not sure, but they had these light filaments around them. So they were moving in kind of not a circular, not a large motion, but there, there was a motion. And it was intense. I don't know. Um, people asked me if they were beings. I felt like uh, this was really important. This, these were like beings of a very high level, whoever they were. Um, but I didn't see them as a being at the time. Uh, they were just a presence. And it was mesmerizing. Uh, I was very connected to them. And 
there were no words in my NDE. There were no like messages that were a simple sentence. I feel like I got more of a download because after um, that, I was interested in numbers and um, quantum physics, which is not something that I normally would be uh, involved in, but I couldn't get enough of that information. There was uh, the um, numbers were like, they were symbolic of a whole language and depth. And I could understand that at some level, but not put it into words. And I did a couple of paintings around that. Um, I did a prayer and I translated it into computer um, zeros and ones and put it on this big poster. And because it's like we have this whole language around us in numbers all the time that we are not aware of, just like the computer, just it's this is constant numbers of zeros and ones. So um, I felt really connected to that language. The 414 number seemed to be important then. And um, yeah, so it was, uh, I had no fear of death after that. And I was kind of an, an atheist before that, uh, but I studied Buddhism and did a lot of meditation. And um, so I'm not really, uh, I know everyone's is different and it speaks their own language. And um, that was my language, obviously. But once I was, it was in the stars, in that atmosphere, I there was a web, and it's not like a web you can see, it's a web that you know, and everything was connected in this web. I was part of this web, and kind of like I was part of everything, and it, the, it was just so expansive, and it was just, you know, mind, it was mind-blowing. It was just like... Um, Star Trek, when the it moves and it just warp speed, that's what it was like. It was like, boom, you're out there in everything, um, which is a common experience I have heard with other NDEers, but um, it's hard to explain in words. So. It took me a while to talk about my NDE because um, of the difficult circumstances around that. And um, I went right back into the same uh, situation that I was in, super difficult. Um, my son's health continued to decline, but um, I, we found a doctor who was able to help him the, with the seizures that he was having and it improved his life in a lot. I mean, his quality of the life improved, but we knew he was terminal. He did go into hospice. And I felt so grateful to be here, to be able to support him and uh, help him through his transition, which was, you know, when, when he became ready. And we were in hospice about eight months and it was really a hard time. But um, 
I knew he was going to be okay. So the night that he passed away, I, I had a ringtone on my phone for a meditation that was at three o'clock in the morning, because sometimes he would be up at three o'clock in the morning. And um, it was a Saturday. So this ringtone went off and I had set it, my uh, table up so that I could be near him, but give him space. And I reached over and his um, heart rate was super slow and his breathing was really um, diminished. So I knew that it would, he was close. And so I just held my hand over his heart. And in that next hour, um, I could feel like this swirling in my hand. And that swirling continued and, um, and then he passed. And um, it was very peaceful. And um, my son was nonverbal. He was on the autism spectrum. He had a trach of G tube. He could ambulate, but he was profoundly involved. So this whole experience was—I um, didn't know how he would do with it. Because would he know to let go? Would would he be okay? Um, would he be scared? But it was all the way it was supposed to be. So I was glad to be a part of it. Well, thank you for sharing your experiences with us. How did you come back from your NDE? Were you told to come back or did you just pop up in your body or what happened? I just was poured back into my body. So I didn't get a choice to come back or not. <laughs> and um, with my son, I asked if I could be have a shared death experience to go with him to the light, you know, because people can do that. And I was, I was not allowed to do that, I think, because I wasn't going to come back. <laughs> because um, I know what's on the other side and how, you know, wonderful it is, but it wasn't my time. But uh, no, I never got a choice to come back or um, I didn't get a life review. But um, yeah, being poured back into my body was pretty hard physical experience. Um, like... I had to take a breath, and I was right back in my body. Once you were back, were you happy to be back, or were you disappointed? I think after, you know, choosing to want to leave this earth and then waking up alive is like, ah, you know. There's a book called that, Waking Up Alive, um, and it's a really good book for people who have... Um, attempted to leave this earth and um, are brought back. And for anyone who has lost someone this way, you can see the path they took. And these survivor stories are really incredible because they have such gratefulness of life after that. And they, they, they get their life back together. I mean, there is hope after that. I mean, when you're in that, you feel like, oh, my life is at the lowest. And now I'm I'm going to have to deal with people knowing that, you know, I did this. And But uh, there's a lot of support out there. And the one thing I learned in, in my um, therapy after that is they kept saying the same, 
same thing. The message to me was something's got to change. You have to change your life. And I did. And I don't recommend drastic changes at first, but um, I left my relationship. You know, I got a divorce. We sold our businesses. Um, so, I mean, a lot of things changed and um, and they needed to because I would have been in that same situation and um, not living my life purpose. When you encountered the first being who told you to call 911, do you think that was a guardian angel? Yes, uh, it was a very strong presence and I feel like they've always been with me. Um, and then this experience has changed my uh, relationship to uh, my higher purpose and self. And I know they're there now and I acknowledge them and I have a, a practice and ritual around connecting with them daily because um, I feel that, you know, we have free will. That's the whole thing of this earth, but we can have free will in our ego or we can have free will in our higher purpose and connecting to our um, source, life, and how we make those choices in our life, you know, unfolds our life so differently. So now I'm very connected to that and I pay attention. And um, there are all kinds of signs around that I was missing before that I had support and help and love in my life. And now I see those and I try to help other people see them um, because it's easy to lose hope and, and have despair when you don't feel connected to um, the people around you or the world. But um, mine was a pretty drastic lesson, which I don't think you need. Um, to go through what I did, but um, there, that definitely was a guardian angel. And um, it's kind of amazing when you think about, you know, hearing a voice like that to say, call, you know, saving your life, you know, you can do this basically is what I was feeling. You can do this call and get the help, you know, because if I didn't call at that time, I didn't have very much more time left. I could have chose to go back to sleep and that would have been it. What about the other nine or 10 beings? Do you think that they were possibly members of your soul group or teachers? They definitely were familiar. Like, um, I, I have worked with other NDE people because, um, I, I think people who've been through this and, have worked with energy can understand um, understand this language that we have when we cross over that to the other dimension. Um, and she said that I had um, a light council around me, and that's what I felt like these these beings were a part of my life, and I was connected in an unknowing way before, and now. Um, I feel that presence. So um, I guess I, I lost the question. <laughs> I think you answered it enough. Okay. 
Um, do you feel like during your NDE, it was more real than being here on Earth? Uh, somebody was asking about an NDE once, and I think the best way to describe it is I felt more whole and more of who I am as a being there than I do here. Like, I feel like this is kind of a fractured experience where things are not always connected and you can't see, like, the veil issue. But um, there, you are whole, you have all-knowing, you are... Um, I think that peace that we're all wanting to have here is there. So um, that home feeling. I remember when I was really distressed before, I I would say, you know, things to myself like, I I just want to go home. Not not in a religious way, but like, I don't feel like this is my home, my world. The other thing that I realized after talking and learning about NDEs is um, I might have had one when I was really young. When I was 18 months old, I fell down a flight of stairs. And I think, you know, I had a really big family, but I was never connected to my family. I was like an odd, the odd one out. And there was a family friend who would always say, you know, you're not like the rest of them. I mean, like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and I didn't have, like, um, conflict with them. I was, like, the peacekeeper there, but I always felt like an observer, and I think that's part of having an NDE. When um, you're a child, you can not connect with your parents or your family because you connect to your other home. <laughs> so I feel like maybe that was part of my... Um, My deal here was that, and, you know, with my son being born, I was, I was not, um, my family took a step back. It was a lot for them. So uh, they weren't really a part of that part of my life. So I feel like this was all in preparation for um, getting me to where I needed to be, to be able to do what I needed to do for my son. And eventually uh, breaking me a part of my life and uh, opening up a whole nother part of my life. Some people may say that math is the language of the universe. Have you explored working with numbers with any yeah. more depth? Well, it's, uh, it, they are symbols. There's, and I feel the super deep um, language underneath them. Like I said, the prayer that I did, um, it's, it's like, I don't understand it yet. And I'm like, I'm delving into a lot of different things at this time, but there are other people who do on uh, number, excuse me, number readings. And um, like, what does a seven mean? And they would go into this depth about what a seven means and what does a six mean? And this is, and you are a four. And this four means this, and it's four is stability, and you know um, the two 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 and the three three. All those have such great depth, but they're not like a direct language. It's something deeper that is beyond like a, a conversation. It's like a knowing about these numbers because the symbol is 
they're a symbol. So there's greater depth into a symbol. Can you elaborate more on how the Kabbalah correlates with your experience? So I am not Jewish, but I don't think you have to be Jewish um, to be involved with the Kabbalah. It's a it's it's a more mystical school, so I don't think you can dabble in it. Um, having a teacher, uh, an experienced teacher, to walk you through that is important. I've read a lot about the Kabbalah and the significance of it, and um, I had a past life regression, and the because I wanted to understand this message that I was that I felt like I missed in my NDE and and that's where she she saw the Kabbalah as these spheres these ten spheres and um, an umbrella and in the umbrella all the spheres were um, leaving and then one was captured in the umbrella and that's why I didn't pass over but um, I don't know which sphere that was or what step of the Kabbalah it is but um, any mystical knowledge um, like that I I think it takes time I don't have the answers to that right now but um, I definitely feel it's a part of my journey. How do you think you've changed by your experience? Well, I I think everybody has, um, you know, purpose here, and I was I was an overgiver, so my purpose and shift was um, to love myself, to learn to love myself, to not be a doormat. Um, you can you can give and serve others, but that doesn't mean at the expense of yourself. And that's what I was doing in my relationships. So I have learned to take a step back from that. I think others, like in my therapy sessions, I was like, all these people are so nice. And so there should be a room for all the people they are in relationships with <laughs> because that they need the therapy too. But um so there are people who are takers, and um, they need to learn to give uh, more unconditionally. So um, learning the balance in that. Have you gotten any abilities from your experience that you didn't have prior? Oh, definitely the knowing is much stronger. I think I had it before, but I ignored it. Or I was too sensitive if I mentioned things, but now I totally know it. I can read people pretty well. And I'm learning to um, try to stay in my own body and my own space and not take on that energy because um, I think um, it was easy for me to kind of like pop out of my body (laughs) and not be involved or take it on. It just seemed like too much. It was just this information all the time coming up. So I had to stop it. And I stopped like talking to people and being social so I could get a grip on it. And it's getting better. But um, I had a weird experience after um, my NDE. Mm-hmm. I was on Facebook and a childhood friend, um, her 
partner died. And then there were condolences on the on the page, but I knew he died from taking his own life. And I had not been in contact with her probably for 30 years, but I, and I don't write letters and I don't put myself out there, but I kept getting this letter written in my head and I couldn't ignore it. And I'm like, uh, I'm not going to do that. I have no idea what's going on in her life. But it became so persistent that I wrote the letter and the letter was not really, it wasn't me. Like, I feel like he was writing through me because of the words he used and it was, it was set for a certain, a certain way. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this because it can't hurt. And I sent it to her and um, I think she was like, kind of like wowed about it. And because she hadn't heard from me for one. And then she said, you know, that, you know, the, the circumstances and I, I didn't say that I knew, but I knew, but um, so I felt like he was speaking with me to speak to her because he knew that I could know this. And maybe I was the only one who could because there was distance between us and what I experienced. So um, that was, that was pretty um, amazing. I was glad that I could do that. I haven't done uh, too much of that, but I have had dreams of um, people who have passed and giving me messages, um, which is pretty interesting. And the messages are for me. Have you had any negative after effect from your NDE? Just the reaction in people who don't get me or don't understand what I have been through. There's a lot of stigma around uh, the whole thing with um, what happened. But, and you know when people know, and, and they would make comments about, you know, it's a really selfish thing to do. And um, I would just try to be open about it and educate them in a way to say, you know what, it's really, those people are lost. It's not selfish, it's selfless. They lose who they are. They lose the value of who they are. And they don't feel that being gone is going to make a difference. So they don't feel the impact that the family will feel because at that point, they feel that they they have no value. So, um, and any of us can be there. When I was in uh, hospital and there were people coming in every day. It was a revolving door. It was like, this is so unreal. Like people don't realize how um, statistically uh, and especially recently um, the impact. I mean, there are just so many and so many that go undocumented um, and don't end up in the hospital or with treatment. And there is a um, significant um, risk the first year, the first week, the first year. And um, those people need support and love and not judgment, not um, criticism. Um, they're already feeling disconnected and not a part of um, this world because they want to leave. So, um, you know, 
I think the best thing people did to me after that, who found out and knew, were, was just to say, you know, I'm really glad you're here. And they would give me a hug. They didn't, they didn't, you know, ask me to talk about it. They didn't expect an explanation. They were just like sending me love. And that's exactly what I needed. And I think everyone, everyone needs that. Were you an artist before or did you become one after your NDE? And while you're talking about that, how has it affected your art? Uh, yeah, I was an artist. Um, I went to school, I have BFA in art, and um, I always kept it alive no matter what I did. And that was my lifeline, and it really helped me with my recovery, um, being connected to it and being able to do work. And it did change it a lot. Um, and it, I'm kind of in a transition now again, um, because now I have more time to do it and where I go with it. But um, I try to create environments, uh, they're called installations. So the after, uh, they were um, more geared towards um, not just a flat surface of a painting or just a sculpture, but combining them to make an environment. And um, I didn't try to do anything with my NDE, but I did try to make, that I, they feel like they had an ethereal feel of another, another place, anotherness, otherness about them. And um, I would like to explore that more now. After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions or chat with you. Are you open to that? And if so, how can people reach out to you? I have an Instagram account. It's uh, Diane, D-A-I-E-N, um, artwork or artist. And um, if they would want to, I, you know, I would be happy to listen to anyone's experiences. And because um, I know that's a big part of uh, the recovery. I'm not a therapist. I have uh, no um, training. So it would be... Um, just, you know, as a listener, uh, they could email my uh, email at daienart.info at gmail.com. So you're posting your art on Instagram. Are you selling any of them? I have always sold my art. Um, I have this last six months. Um, my son just passed in May. So I've just been uh, working on getting my health back in order and uh, but I will be uh, doing more art again and um, uh, it's in hospitals and banks and uh, personal collections so do you have a website for your art I do not um, but I will be building one so if they follow the Instagram and that all the art is not on Instagram but um uh, I will be having a web page soon. All right. Do you have anything else that you're working on that you want us to know about? Uh, no. Um, I just feel like I needed to share my story. And um, hopefully it will help people to share their story. And I appreciate the platform to do it in a safe and um, supportive way in in what you have developed here. So thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, before you finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? I think unity. We are all connected and 
Um, there's nothing more important than this life and living your life purpose. And if you are not, you need to change it. You know, something's got to change. And it may be hard and you may have to dismantle your life but it's worth it. Thank you for that message, Diane. I didn't say it before, but I want to offer my condolences for the passing of your son. I really appreciate you coming here and sharing, and I wish you the best. Thank you. All right. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.